It's tough breaking into the Premier League's elite bracket. Everton have spent hundreds of millions of pounds. They've twice hired Champions League winning coaches. And yet they're in the bottom half of the table with old foes Liverpool looking imperious both at home and abroad. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. millions of pounds to assemble our squad for this one, unless the bosses here are keeping the wage structure very secret indeed. One man who picks enough winners to deserve top dollar is Mark O'Hare. Mark, we're going to come to Everton a little later in the show, but first let's look at their Merseyside rivals, Liverpool. Now at time of recording, we don't know how they got on against Newcastle, but uh, if we compared it to the injury ravaged campaign of last term, has to be said that things are looking up for Jurgen Klopp's team. Yeah, for sure. We can't talk about the Newcastle game, but we can suggest that they probably do get a win there. The market gives them an 88% chance of Dangerous winning. Dangerous stuff. So. Dangerous <laughs> stuff. What if Newcastle have romped to a 4 0 win at Anfield, stunning the cop? Who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, it, this is it's a tricky one, this, because it's hard to assess Tottenham at the moment, I think. Um, obviously, they've had a couple of postponements. They've only played four Premier League games under Antonio Conte's reign, and they've had COVID and illness issues as well. Uh, Lucas Moura, uh, Skip, and Asson have been a couple of players affected. They're not sure of their availability for the weekend, if they're showing symptoms, if they're struggling in recovery. We just don't know. This is the kind of guessing games we have to deal with at the moment. But uh, certainly, if you look at Conte's first four Premier League games there have been a few positives but there's been a few negatives as well uh, they had that non-event against Everton uh, so showed some sort of decent parts of their game against Brentford Norwich and Leeds but none of which have been completely convincing just yet and he's not had a huge amount of time on the training pitch to work with players because of COVID because of international breaks and, and European competition too so um, they're probably not where we expect them to be just yet um, so I think the sensible solution going into Sunday's game is to focus on Liverpool and focus on a pro Liverpool based bet because they yeah, had to work hard for the wins against Wolves and Villa but I think any neutral would admit they were comfortably the better team in both and there was a sense of inevitability about the goals when they did arrive um, so it's whether they can sort of pick the lock of Spurs in this game and can Spurs negate that Liverpool threat and I'm not sure they can or they will uh, Liverpool was scoring twice or more against almost every team up until recently uh, they still scored in every game across every competition this season you do expect them to score against Tottenham regardless um, and I just think Tottenham under Conte will possibly revert to what's worked for them in previous campaigns when playing big teams like Manchester City and sort of contain and counter see what they can nick on the break um, they'll have seen what Villa and Wolves have done and resistance uh, they put up against Liverpool and probably take encouragement from that so um, I'm not expecting this game to be a high scoring affair for sure I do expect Liverpool to win um, so I thought Liverpool's price at the moment is probably about right if you add in over one and a half goals it still takes it to an odds on shot but actually if you take under four and a half goals instead you get an odds against 2.06 which I thought is uh, much much more appealing uh, you obviously can sort of take into account Liverpool scoring three or four goals if they did cut loose but also it plays into the fact that Spurs might be a little bit more pragmatic and, and quite keen to kind of uh, keep things competitive from a defensive aspect and play on the break. So uh, expect Liverpool to win. Uh, loads of question marks over Tottenham right now. But uh, I think to- taking the under four and a half goals angle just gives you a bit more on side and a bit more assurance. But you might have to watch it behind the sofa if Liverpool are in the mood. 
Now, the professor is back this weekend for us. Trader Jason Murphy is on the show once again. Uh, Liverpool away to Spurs, as we've said. Jason, nobody saw that imaginary Joe Linton hat-trick at Anfield coming. Uh, but if we move uh, beyond that, um, Spurs have been really strong, as Mark mentions, at home under Antonio Conte. Have you seen, even in this short time in this small sample size of games have you seen positive things since Conte's taken charge yeah just added that like he got the hat trick but what about those other three chances he missed like you know he's <laughs> just, just Joe Linton isn't it um, oh even in imaginary situations <laughs> Joe Linton's missing chances bless him um yeah no I'll be honest Kev uh in terms of watching Spurs, just the way games have fallen and, and stuff I actually haven't been able to sit down and watch them properly but Every confidence, like as soon as Conte was announced, we immediately improved their outright rating. You wouldn't have made as big a jump for their match-to-match rating because obviously it takes time for him to come in and put his methods in. Like the four Premier League games, he got the draw against Everton, sorted out the defence and that, and then he's won his three games since. So it's like he's done what he can there. Europa Conference League, I don't think Spurs fans are going to worry too much about that one way or the other. And Arsenal fans are actually seeing it as a positive looking towards the top four race. The fact there's no European football midweek games, they can just concentrate game to game in the Premier League. So, you know, Spurs not having European football in the second half of the season could be a big positive for Conte and allow him the time to implement those changes on the training pitch and get his ideas across. Um, so, look, Spurs are heading in the right direction. It was the right managerial appointment and um, best thing ever happened was getting better 3 0 by United. Um, as far as this game goes, the match price is so hard to to, to, to to really say what they should be. Obviously, we're talking prior to Joe Linton scoring the hat-trick. Yeah. But the Spurs, we just don't know what 11 they're going to get out with. In terms of Kovic, if Son, Skip, Mora, uh, Emerson, even Brian Gill, if he was to come in then, like there's just at the back and offensively, like they're missing players. Um, there's doubts over Reglion, Los Celso. You know, two two good players that if you could get them on the pitch, like you know, it'd make a difference. So we just don't know what the Spurs eleven is. So for that reason, I can't I can't comment on the match price as it is. But what I can give you as a tip is Diego Jota in sorry Diego Jota. Apologies for the pronunciation. Not that as good Diego as Jota's no good. Don't yeah, be no, backing don't, him. No, don't back him. <laughs> um, essentially, the tip I'll give you is, um, you'll get match about. 9-2 to two there on the Betfair Sportsbook at the moment and I think that's a very fair price uh, if you look at the XG and the XG again expected goals a player's XG is an indication of the quantity and quality of chances that a player will get now if we look at Diogo Jota's performances on the pitch for Liverpool this season and the contribution or the share of the XG he's getting it's about 29% that's higher than Mana um, you know it's compares very well against Salah given the fact that Salah is on penalties so if you take that 29% and you look at what price are Liverpool to score the first goal Liverpool are about 61% chance that to score the first goal against Spurs off current match prices so 61% multiplied by 29% it's an 18% chance using those simple maths that if Liverpool score first is Diogo Jota has scored it that equates to about 92 so you're getting 92 on the Betfair Sportsbook with that but given Spurs' troubles Jota going up against any kind of a makeshift defence or team, like to me, look, have a look at the each way because you could see Liverpool score. They have scored anyways, but against this 11 that Spurs put out, there's definitely each way of value there because I think Liverpool will score a couple regardless. Um, and plus, you know, with Dimitar Varbatov as well, if Jota <laughs> did score first and it was ruled out, like, 
you know, Berbatov always sides with the forwards, you know, you could have a look at that and send in your entries as well. So have a look at Jota there is the best value, I think, out of Liverpool strikers at the moment that you will get. And it's probably the best, best angle I'd give you for this game. And if one of our listeners is called Diego Jota, if you're not trying to plan sneaking into this game, what are you even doing with your life? Uh, Odds compiler Mark Stinchcombe is part of the front three once again. Stinch, let's switch back to Everton. They face Leicester City. Injuries have really hampered Rafa Benitez this season. Obviously, there were midweek games, um, you know, before time, after time of recording. But the general pattern is the same, isn't it? Leicester can't defend and Everton can't get any kind of rhythm because every time he thinks he's going to have his best 11 Rafa Benitez it's taken away from him yeah I mean I know we've had sort of 17 games this season um, but I'm still maybe wanting to see a bit more of Benitez before forming uh, a full opinion on where I think Everton are at I mean Claudits were out in arms really at the beginning of the season after six games. I think Everton was sat above Liverpool. Um, they'd, they'd started the season really well. I think maybe only one defeat in that in that period. And people, were, you know, um, particularly Everton fans, were conveniently forgetting that Rafa had been on the the red side of Merseyside for for a long period of time. But then, right, once those injuries kicked in, obviously they've had a, a torrid time of it. And um, but I think I think it's quite good to see that it appears the owner's going to back him. You know, which so he's backed in, everyone else. <laughs> well, I, I mean, he backed everybody else, and they spent a fortune. Whereas yeah. it's not as if Benitez has been able to do that. So I think it's I think it's positive because I think he's seen that the Marcel Brands. I, I can't really say experiment because it lasted that long. Um, it wasn't an experiment. It was just complete failure. So I think he's finally woken up and seen that that, that has gone badly wrong. And he's, he's and because of the, the FFP implications, they know they can't go and outspend their way to sort of mediocrity um, and some sort of safetyness and before they can then have that platform to go on a bit further. So I think he's... I think it's quite good to see. I mean, he's, he doesn't come across as a football man, but maybe he's finally realising that you need to trust some sort of long-term process. So that's why he is not overreacting to these struggles without their their best attacker, essentially. Um, but in, in terms of this game, I, I'm just going to continue what I've been doing most of this season, really, and that's getting with goals in, in Leicester matches, especially when over two and a half goals is chalked up as the outsider. So... Over two and a half is priced up here at ten to eleven, and under two and a half is at four to five. So I'm very happy to jump on on the overs as the as the underdog. Uh, Twenty four of Leicester's last thirty one Premier League games have gone over two and a half goals. So you know, looking at a strike rate of seventy seven percent, when the odds suggest it's it's much closer to a fifty fifty shot. We've all seen with our eyes how bad Leicester have been defensively all at sea in that in that thirty one spread of games. It's just four clean sheets. Um, talk about Everton's struggles going forward, but you know Leicester have conceded at least two goals in nine of the last twelve games. So, as I, lo- I mean, I, I'm a massive fan of Leicester in terms of their uh, options going forward: Vardy, Iheanacho, Patson Daka, Harvey Barnes, Madison, Ayozu Perez, Tielemans. I just I think it's fantastic. It's just I'm not sure what's up with Rogers. He can't seem to find the the best the best forward line. Um, very surprised that Ian actually can't get a game. I don't know if there's something a bit more untoward because it felt like the the sort of last sort of ten games of last season, him and Vardy had struck up a really good partnership. 
Um, but yeah, just so just concentrating on the numbers really. I mean, in, in this run that I've, I've mentioned a couple of times, 109 goals have been scored in those matches, which is over three and a half per game. Yeah, the odds here suggest we're, we're looking at um, just 2.7 goals. So very happy to continue to back overs in Leicester's games while we can get these odds at this line. Just touch quickly upon Everton. You look at their basic stats. Um, their 16 games have seen uh, 48 goals. So that's three, three a game. You look at the, the expected goals in those games is at 2.96. So sort of in tune really with, with what we're seeing. And I think what's rather key that Overs has won in six of the last eight games despite no Calvert-Lewin. So kind of envisaging maybe a, a 2-1 Leicester or something like that. Um, but yeah, this I think this is something that we can continue to back while while the market is, is pitched up at these odds and, and this line. Now you'll have heard Jason refer to Dimitar Varbatov earlier on. He hasn't lost his mind. He knows he's called Dimitar Berbatov. However, if you feel that an unfair moment has cost you a winning bet, then get in touch with Dimitar Varbatov. It's V-A-R in his surname. Groundbreaking stuff. Um, so let Dimitar Varbatov know you could get your bet paid out. Send any examples to at Betfair on social media of footballing injustice using the hashtag VARBATOV. And the former Spurs and Manchester United striker will make his ruling worth bearing in mind. Chelsea still very much part of the title race. They go to Wolves, who've kept it tight against Manchester City and Liverpool before eventually losing. Uh, Mark O'Hare, Wolves, I would suggest, are a good side under Bruno Lage. And in, in, although the numbers are poor in terms of their goal scoring, they do seem a lot more progressive than they were under Nuno Espirito Santo. Yeah, they do. Uh, and I want to keep them on side on Sunday for a couple of reasons, uh, one of which is Raul Jimenez coming back into the team after missing out in midweek. Another of which is uh, Wolves have had an extra 24 hours preparation and recovery time from the midweek card to play this weekend as well. And I also think they're one of the most organised and resolute defensive units in the Division 2. So um, I think that uh, always kind of plays into your hand if you want to try and get a big underdog on side with a nice handicap start which is what we're getting here. Um, obviously came into the season under large looking like they wanted to play really kind of front foot attack minded football after the dirge of the last couple of seasons. But, um, you know, early parts of the season, they were really quite exciting, but they weren't getting the rub of the green. And I think they've kind of reverted a little bit to be more pragmatic and just trying to lock the back door first and foremost before kind of doing things in the final third. And it's definitely been uh, working out in their favour. They've only conceded uh, two goals or more on three occasions in the Premier League this season. If you look at the goals against, if you look at the MPXG against, shots allowed, all the various data metrics, um, kind of defensive-based metrics, Wolves are very much in the top four, top six across everything, really, uh, which shows they're very difficult to unpick. And uh, yeah, I think their recent schedule has been pretty difficult, but they've given Liverpool and Man City really tough goings over. Uh, both had to work really hard for three points. Uh, City, of course, playing against 10 men. And I think Chelsea are going to find it difficult this weekend. Um, things have gone a little bit awry in recent weeks, purely, I think, from a defensive standpoint. Uh, that midfield has had a lot of injuries, looked unbalanced, I mean, very easy to play through. They'll be making individual errors, particularly someone like Mendy, who's been outstanding at the start of the season. The foundations haven't looked quite as assured. Uh, five without a clean sheet, conceding twice or more in the last three. Now, Wolves don't score too many, but if they do score, 
and you back them with a plus one and a quarter start on the Asian handicap, Chelsea need three to see the bet lose. And, and Wolves haven't yet conceded three or more goals to anyone under Bruno Lager. So um, only Man City and Liverpool have generated a non-penalty expected goals figure higher than 1.5 against Wolves this season in the Premier League. Obviously, City played against 10 men. And uh, game state obviously would have dictated things for Liverpool being nil-nil for almost 90 minutes of that match before they made the breakthrough. So, yeah, ordinarily, I'd want to get one of the big three on side against the rest of the division in almost every possible situation. But I think there's a couple of teams who, with a decent handicap start, do make a, a lot of uh, appeal, really. And I think Wolves are certainly one of those, um, knowing that uh, even if they lose by one, we get a quarter, sorry, a half stakes profit. Uh, the only way in which we lose our stake is if uh, Chelsea went by two or more at Molyneux. So, uh, yeah, happy to get the underdogs on side. Jason, is that something you'd echo? Absolutely. Um, fully agree with what Marcus stated there. So what what you can do is just start with the match odds price and try to identify is that correct or is it wrong? And if it's wrong on a certain side or you think it is, then you can go looking in other markets that because, you know, it'll filter down to, you know, your Asian handicaps, etc. If you just start with the main match odds and then you can work from there. So Marcus alluded in it, um, illustrated and explained very well the angle he has here and I'm just going to give it a slightly different context but it's going to support the same angle as in you're looking to get Wolves on side so if you take this match price here at the moment of Chelsea they're 1.56 to back on the Betfair exchange now this exact same fixture last season Chelsea went off 1.7 let's just give context of that fixture and let's try and work and see how close we can get to this 1.56 so that 1.7, there was no home fans. So there's going to be fans this weekend. So that 1.7 for me, with the home fans, you're talking about 10 to 11 now, is about 1.91. Jimenez didn't play in that game either. So that would have moved that match price. That 1.7 would have been a bit shorter than what it should have been. So you're conservatively, you can say Wolves even money then if, or sorry, Chelsea go from 1.01 to even money if it's the same 11s with home advantage and Jimenez on the pitch. So we've Jimenez this weekend with home advantage. So to get to that 1.56, that's like, you know, you're talking about 0.6 of a goal, 0.65 of a goal to drive it all the way down there. And I don't see changes since that game that would justify that. Now, Lampard was in charge. Tuchel's come in. He has improved Chelsea. But if you look at their XG goal difference per 90 last season, it was 0.82. Now, obviously, Lampard was in charge for a lot of those games. But this season for Chelsea, it's 0.83. So you haven't seen that massive improvement either to justify. Normally, if that figure goes up, that's where you can start to close in that 0.6 of a goal we're looking to get from you know even money into this 1.56. Uh, I just can't close that gap. Even if you say, OK, they might have Lukaku. Tuchel's a better manager. Kante is going to be fit. You just, I just can't get to that Chelsea price. And for that reason... It's telling me that Chelsea is wrong, so let's side with Wolves. And Mark has given a very good angle there to side with Wolves for this weekend. Now, we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet, so Betfair's now offering no cash-out suspensions on match odds, over, under, and goal markets on the sportsbook, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. Serie A has been a lot of fun this season, and Stinch, you have a selection from Italy for us. Yeah, I'd like to throw my hat into the ring as the podcast title can come from this match. Okay, it's bold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think uh, I've got. I think I've got uh, a good line. So I'm looking at um, Torino v Verona, and I'm looking at over two and a half goals at five to six. Now, Serie A is quite cool this next uh, week because we've got. 
full schedule on the weekend then we've got a full schedule a couple of days before christmas so 20 games so there's a lot to keep us uh, keep us occupied before the uh, for the christmas celebrations and out of those 20 games only one match has got a bigger price for for overs um so I think this is uh, this this just goes to show how goal heavy Syria is. Um, but I think this is a this is a great spot. So Verona, uh, thirteen of their seventeen games have seen over two and a half goals this season. That's seventy six percent strike rate. They've scored thirty three, which is the fifth best, but they've conceded thirty. Podcast title, as Liam Gallagher would say, they are mad for it. They are absolutely mad for it when it comes to goals. I mean, they played Empoli midweek in the Coppa Italia with a rotated team, and it finished four-three. It just, it just goes to show what what is going on. They just they're they a lot of fun, they, aren't they? they a lot they of are, fun. Are just amazing. I mean, the game against Venezia a couple of weeks ago, where they're three-nil down and they came back <laughs> and won four-three. It's just, it's just fantastic. Um, and, it, and it's quite cool to see uh, you got Giovanni Simeone. He's having the absolute season of his life. He's yeah. on 12 goals in 12 starts. I mean, the best he's ever managed is, is 14. And, and twice he's finished on 12, having played full season. So he's, he should break the record if he if he plays the full season. Um, Torino aren't quite as mad, but seven of their nine home games have gone overs. And it's no surprise, really, when they play more expansive, when they're in front of their fans. They average four more shots per game at home compared to when they go away. And as I mentioned, Serie A is crazy anyway. The the goal average this season is 3.08. And if you use that as a, as a blanket expectancy in, in, a, in an average Serie A game, um, you'd be looking at overs being sort of four to seven, eight to 13. So the fact we can get five to six, I think is fantastic. Let's see if there's any Oasis references when Mark O'Hare talks about Fiorentina against Sassuolo. Yeah, following a similar route to Stinch here, I think a fantastic game on the agenda on Sunday. It's the early kickoff in Syria. Um, I think it's uh, potentially to be really exciting and entertaining. Fiorentina really flying at the moment and, and Dusan Vlajevic just enhancing his reputation week on week, really. Um, I think he's a goal away from equaling Cristiano's record uh, of the most goals in the calendar year in Syria at the moment. And he's definitely kind of uh, leading the charge for Fiorentina. Um, I know the fans, the ultras aren't too impressed of him after news emerged that he wasn't going to sign a new contract but uh, he continues to fire them forward they've won their last five games in Florence they're up in fifth they scored twice or more in six of eight at home they scored in every home game uh, just going great guns under Vincenzo Italiano who worked uh, miracles really at Spezia before getting the job at Fiorentina in the summer uh, playing attacking football fluent football uh, exciting football they scored 21 goals in eight home games all eight of which have gone over two and a half goals uh, half of them have featured three or, uh, four or more goals and those matches averaging 3.88 goals per game. Overall, they've seen over two and a half goals in 13 of 17, 76% hit rate. Uh, their only four clean sheets came against the bottom six and then nine of 11 games against the top 15 have seen both teams scoring which should really encourage Sassuolo who came from behind to beat Lazio 2-1 last weekend that's now 14 from 17 that have featured BTTS and 14 from 17 have featured over two and a half goals as well they've only failed to score twice all season they've kept just two clean sheets themselves their away matches all eight have featured BTTS and over two and a half goals uh, over three and a half goals has landed in five of those eight as well three goals per game away from home Uh, madness really so you've got a home team 
their match is averaging 3.88 goals per game and an away team seeing 3.88 goals per game when they're playing away from home, meeting together uh, at the Artemio Frankie on Sunday. I think it's going to be a belter and I think over two and a half goals and both teams to score at 1.8 is one of the best bets of the weekend. Sounds absolutely terrific. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. We've talked about some European football on the shows this weekend, as we always do. And there is a preview of all of the major leagues on betting.betfair.com. We've got dedicated columns for Liga, La Liga, Serie A and the Bundesliga as well. From Jason, from Mark, from Stinch and from me. It's goodbye for now. 